Thought Bubble Audio. Hi and welcome to Supergirl TV Talk, the podcast devoted to the CW's hit series, Supergirl. Still kind of not used to saying CW. I'm Frank and with me, as always, is my good friend, Tim. That threw me off the CW, it, like, because I'm so used to you saying CBS, it it didn't it, it it didn't sound quite right, and yet it sounded perfect. <laughs> it sounds so right yet so wrong. Um, yeah. Well, we're back. Um, didn't expect to be back again. quite so soon. Ah. Yeah, we're back again. Uh, this time to talk to a, a very uh, good uh, friend of the show. I think it's safe to say, Larry Tang. Co-executive producer and, and director on, on, on several episodes of, of Supergirl in season one. And uh, we we had an awesome talk with him and, and really excited to um, to hear about all his, his insights into into the past season and, and a couple of things about the upcoming season as well. But uh, he's, he's a great guy and really excited to, to bring you guys this, this conversation. Um, he was very gracious with his time and, and uh, you know, he's been listening to the, sh- to the podcast for, for quite some time, we found out. So um, wanted to get him on. Before we jump in here, uh, I want to give a quick thank you to Supergirl.tv, our sponsors. Um, as always, they are back and they are the great place to get your Supergirl news, your uh, your headlines, all the, the info on the move over to the CW. You know, when, when the move happened, um, uh, we, we saw the article there when the uh, whenever new footage comes out, when uh, new trailers are happening, all this the stuff from the upfronts that happened recently. Um, you know, they were they were a great source for photos and news and updates and everything coming out of those places, uh, out of those events. Um, check them out. Supergirl.tv by fans for fans. And they're ad free. They are just a labor of love. And uh, they are they are happy to to be doing it, and we're we're excited to to have them on board. You know, continue to have them on board. Looking forward to season two with them, and you know, check them out. Follow them on Twitter at Supergirl TV site. Throw them a donation and support support the site as well, and and help out those guys because they are they are awesome to us, and they are awesome to the fan community. So thank you so much to Supergirl TV for sponsoring Supergirl TV Talk. All right, you ready to talk to to Larry Tang? Ready to dive into this interview? Oh, I am very ready to. Read talk about a thing that I talked about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Play let's the, do it. Play the thing. <laughs> Roll a tape. We are delighted to be joined on Supergirl TV Talk by Supergirl co executive producer and director Larry Tang. How are you today? I'm great, guys. How are you? Oh, very good. Very good. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, we're going to start. I want to, before we talk about Supergirl, I kind of want to, I'm interested to go, I want to go all the way back to how you got started in the industry. And I kind of want to work our way up to Supergirl. So real briefly, can you tell us how you, how you got started? Uh, Yeah. I think my my first industry job was a a PA on Titanic. That was in 1997. Cool. Um, 20 years old, I, I dropped a necklace in the, in the, in the ocean. That was my uh, fame chain. Nice. <laughs> and um, from there, I uh, went to New York. I was doing storyboards for um, an MTV animation show called Celebrity Deathmatch. If you remember that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Celebrity Deathmatch was Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that was a very brief stint. Um, and then um, I got a job working in post-production. It was a show called Now and Again. It was on CBS. Um it was written by and created by Glenn Gordon Karen, uh, who created the show Moonlighting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Friday night sci-fi romance show. It was probably pretty much ahead of its time. Um, but uh, it was with Eric Close and Martin Cullen. And, um, so I started working as a post-PA on that show, and I kind of moved my way up 
there, and then I produced a show called Ed, uh, which was on NBC for four years. Um, I remember Ed. I used to watch Ed. Duckyville, Ohio, and yeah, it was a good show. Julie Bowen, Tom Cavanaugh. Tom Cavanaugh, yeah. That was awesome. So, um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a really fun run we had in New York, and basically when, as soon as Ed was canceled, I did the pilot for Medium, uh, and that's the show that took me out to L.A., and you know, what what was supposed to be just a six episode pickup turned into seven years and 130 episodes, and uh, that's where I got my directing break. And after Medium ended, I started freelancing and um, started doing Hawaii Five O's and Criminal Minds and Person of Interest, and um, I worked on Warehouse Thirteen, and I worked on um, Arrow. I did Suicide Squad episode there. Um, Great episode. Where I met Andrew. Um, and just bouncing around, and thank you very much. And I've been bouncing around and just uh, ultimately got a job. Um, I fell back into producing the show Graceland, uh, which I had a lot of fun doing with me down in Florida. And off of that, um, you know, I ended up sort of doing my network freelancing run again. Um, I ended up doing episode seven of Supergirl, which is Human for a Day. It was a great script. Um, and it was nice. I mean, Warner Brothers kind of gave me a choice of shows to work on, and I, and I chose Supergirl wanting to kind of get back into um, genre TV. And, um, you know, the guys liked it well enough that they offered me the uh, the producing job in mid-season. Um, and I was, I was, you know, really happy to to get offered and happy to accept the uh, the job. And, you know, with that came two really fun episodes to direct. I did the, the Fallen episode, and I did um, the finale episode. Good episodes. Yeah, great episodes. What was your uh, relationship to Supergirl, comic superheroes before you did all of this? Um, I grew up pretty much a DC kid. Um, Teen Titans was my was my jam. Uh, <laughs> it was Not just, a jam. You know, book. Just, yeah, exactly. You know, I had all the uh, the Kenner action figures growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, they basically only moved at like four access points. <laughs> yep. Um, but, you know, I, I read a lot of image comics, too. I mean, I still have all my spawns, and um, mm-hmm. I was sort of part of that whole trend. I was like, yeah, you know, let's go independent. And, you know, just following those guys around, like, you know, Sylvester and uh, Todd McFarlane. And, um, Life out of the like, and yeah, I don't yeah. think as a, as a kid, and even as a teenager reading comic books, like, did I ever think that I was going to be able to do this as, as an adult in some capacity? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the dream job for a so lot even of when us. I got... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's just a dream come true. I mean, even on like um, an Arrow, to have you know, Deathstroke in my episode, I was just going crazy over that. Yeah. And yeah. You know, the first time I saw that costume up close, I was like, "Oh my god, look at this thing! It's amazing." <laughs> um, and you know, Mark Guggenheim was somebody I didn't know, and I worked with his with his wife on Ed. Um, she was like a story editor back in the first season, so I had known Mark for a while. And, um, Again, you know, that's how I got that show in the first place. And, you know, just again, just to be thrown into that world and sort of see how much money they had to make these episodes. And um, I, I liked how dark it was. And the the action was just incredible. And um, having done the Hawaii Five O, I thought Arrow really mm-hmm. took, I think, action television to, to a whole new place. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys up there, um, Bam and, uh, and uh, JJ, they're all really talented um, stunt coordinators and you know again I just it kind of got me excited again and 
it's funny, like I never, it never flashed, never sort of fit on my schedule. I just never had a slot for it. But when Supergirl came around, for me, it was sort of the first project I could work on that my kids could actually watch. I mean, everything I'd worked on was so dark before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now, especially with my son, who's just immersed in like DC Lego, um, you know, for, for someone that my daughter can sort of root for and, and for him to, you know, I, when I, when I found out I was going to have the Martian Manhunt reveal on my episode, like, they told my kid right away. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't believe what daddy's doing. Um, and just even like working on that in, in the early stages and seeing the concept designs for the, for the Manhunter and um, just getting really giddy over the drawings and just thinking to myself, like, can we actually pull this off? And, um, we did. <laughs> and not only that, but, you know, the, the characters staying um, was, was just a, a real treat for me. Um, so, I, mean, I was reading the script and, I remember coming across Jim in like the first couple of acts and I thought to myself, oh, this would be a perfect episode to introduce Manhunter and you know, you get to act four and, and there he is. <laughs> I emailed Andrew and I was like, I bleeding love you. And he's like, That's why we want you directing this episode. <laughs> so That's uh, because it was like yeah, it, was, it was like literally a dream which I was reading the script too. So Oh. That is that's amazing. And like to get to get to direct some of those those a couple of the biggest episodes um, of this season, but then also getting to be you know co-executive producer for basically the, the back half of the season. Um, you know, for for folks that are not as familiar with TV production, do you want to walk us through a little bit of like what what the co-executive producer role, like what that entails, and and sort of what you're doing when you're when you're not like behind the camera? Sure. Um, yeah, the, the 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 main goal for me as a co-AP on the show, um, on the production side, was just to you know, maintain the, the, the quality and then the, the creative look of the show. Um, cause you know, as, as it works in television, you know, every, uh, there's a new director for every episode. Um, right. And, and it's impossible for any director to do two in a row. The most you could do is every other one, just because usually you're prepping when the other director's shooting. Um, so, you know, whether that comes down to location scouting and making sure we're, we're finding the sort of the scopiest looking places to shoot in, um, whether that's, designing a, an action sequence that sort of works with the amount of time and budget that we have um, or or it's helping a director sort of, you know, figure out where the cameras need to go again, just to, to kind of get the scene done um, or, or toning a scene with the actors so that, you know, the, the point of the scene is coming across um, the right way or the, the jokes are hitting. Um, that That's sort of what my day-to-day job is. It sort of expands between prep and shoot. Um, I'm not involved in the editing process at all, except for my own episodes. Um, sure. but you know, with the fight sequences, you know, when I came on board, the, the big thing for me was, you know, we were trying to get away from things that were, that were less punchy and kicky. And we were just trying to get into more comic book panel moments, as we called it. Mm-hmm. We were looking for sort of bigger events, um, more memorable scenes, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. so like rather than having like a, like a six punch combo, we, we much rather would fight for her hitting somebody and throwing them through a wall or something just cause I, I don't think the show earns its keep or its namesake, if we, if we don't have those moments. Um, you know, Andrew would always say, like, you know, it's not Supergirl if she doesn't fly. I mean, we have to go out of our way to, to make sure that those sequences are there, that we get her in the air. Um, it's really easy when, you know, when you don't have a lot of money or you're short on time to, you know, sort of curb back on those things. But to me, if it's a superhero show, and especially with Supergirl of all people, like, those are the things we have to fight for. And so part of my job was to always sort of fight for, um, that quality to always preserve that being there um, and to find directors who are you know, able to again, encourage that along the process. Sounds like an awesome job. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, 
when you're directing an episode, what's the what's the process from pre-production to post-production? What what's what's the timetable like? What do you what do you do in each section and so on like that? Uh, when I get a script, uh, normally for any director, um, you get seven days to, to prep the show. We're just scouting and all your meetings and um, all the budgeting that goes into it. Uh, and then on our show, we get 10 days to shoot, which is actually two more than most other shows. It's one more than Arrow. Um, so, you know, a lot of it has to do with, with her flying. Her The flying stuff alone can, can occupy the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all wire work, green screen. Um, and basically, you know, maybe it takes about 45 minutes per flying shot just to execute. Uh, between the rehearsals and getting Melissa up there, um, or her double, who's amazing. Um, it, it just, it's a very time consuming process. And so we figured out that the only way to get that done is to shoot the show in 10 days. Um, but for me, it's like when I read the scripts, I, I try to find the, the emotional anchor first. That's where I start. Um, and from there, I try to create a theme. And then I try to actually, actually, I try to retrofit the script to that. Because I think mm. it's important to always sort of ground the episodes in something that that the audience can relate to. Um, mm. I think details are details, but I think I think emotion is the thing that people can respond to and, and hook on to. So it doesn't matter if you're a comic book fan or not. I think people understand common themes like betrayal and revenge and love. And um, I think if I can actually hone in on that, if I can find that, then that's my starting place for me as a director. And I kind of build outward from there. I can I can tell you uh, I, I I watch every week with a non comic book fan. My fiance doesn't really she's not really into comics, but she watches the show with me every week, and she definitely uh, you know she's she's able to relate right. She's able to understand on a human level you know who these characters are and what their motivations are and and uh, you know like you said like revenge betrayal like all those kinds of things are are universally human. So she definitely is able to appreciate even as somebody who's not into comics. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, th- I think that's sort of the whole point of storytelling in general. I think, um, you know, I think you can have an appreciation for the specifics of a world if you're a fan of it. But at the same time, we want people to understand the story and, and enjoy it and feel satisfied watching an episode, even if they're not diehard comic book fans. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for us, you know, we always throw in little Easter eggs and little details just because, you know, it's fun for us. Again, it's, it's sort of, you know, geeky stuff that we do. But, you know, I think for the common fan, you know, we definitely want to make sure the the emotional appeal is there. Um, and I think you know having Melissa as your as your number one. I think she's sort of the, the perfect way in. Um, she's so good in that part. Um, and and I mean, frankly, they all are. And it's it's really a joy to work with these guys week in and week out. So um, you know, I think we we sort of classify the show. You know, at least Andrew does in three ways. He says it's always about um, heart, humor, and scope. And those are the things that we go for. I mean, it's it's, it's Richard Donner. You know, that, that that's what we want. I think that's what works for the show. Um, I think it definitely works for the character, and, and you know that, that's 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 the guideline. You know, we're not we're not what Zack Snyder's doing. We're we're, we're some of the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know, and gladly, you know, it, it, it was an eight o'clock show. Um, it was family oriented. Uh, we knew that we were going to appeal to young girls. Um, we wanted to appeal to you know men too, but I think just knowing where we were going to be, the who the character was, and what time slot we were in. You know that that version made the most sense to everybody. Yeah, no that 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 makes sense. It's interesting that the heart humor and scope. That's um, that's cool to hear. I know that over in the Flash, it's like heart humor and spectacle. So it's cool to hear that there's there's that continuity between between sort of sister shows. Um, that's really cool. 
No, I, I think I think I think with what Andrew and, and Greg are doing, and, and you know, Allie on Supergirl, I think that those, those are the points that we're we're trying to hit um, mm-hmm. every week. You know, I think again, the show has to have a certain size to it. Um, sure. You know, we're, we're we're dealing with iconic characters, and you know, again, those are, those are the things we we preach for the show. I think that that's what I think we 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 honor those three aspects week in and week out, and I, I you know, I think that's sort of the product that we want to put out there. Absolutely. Absolutely, and and a good product it is indeed. Um, you know, you've directed a few episodes now, and of of the ones that you did, this might be hard, but you know, do you have a favorite moment that uh, you know to, to to direct something that was you know the most fun or something that was the most challenging? Does something stand out? Um, two actually, I think. Um, it's funny. Each episode I've done, I've had one significant moment, but I think the two that stand out to me are. Um, and falling, I think when when Red Crippling Icara is basically dressing down Alex in the loft um, mm. to, to to shoot that scene, and we actually rehearsed that scene in in advance just because we had some some prep to do in that space. But um, when on the day when we shot it, to see Melissa transform, you, you know how you normally see her car into this vicious, biting person who was just so raw and, and just. You know, saying things without a filter, it just—it was really sort of surprising and, and powerful to watch. And then to mm-hmm. shoot the reverse on on, on Kyler, <laughs> see her basically take every word like the dagger to her heart it was just—it was painful and, and, and amazing all at the same time. Um, you could see it in Melissa's eyes, and I thought that was a really um, amazing scene for the girls. And, and to me, it was, a, it was one of the, the better scenes in that episode. Um, you know, and Melissa was really excited just to kind of play something out of character um, that in that episode. I think she really um, embraced it and, 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 and took on took on the challenge, and, and I thought she just was amazing and, and excellent. Um, and then the other one would be uh, Human for a Day, the scene with, with Tyler and, and um, David Harewood. We were in this sort of power converter room, and, uh, you know, she's sort of challenging him about you know, her father, and, and it was this four-page scene, and um, I, I shot it basically in three shots and sort of let them kind of do all the work in that scene, and uh, I didn't even shoot real traditional coverage, really. I just sort of let the camera operators listen to listen and kind of go where their ears took them. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that was you know, one, of the, one of the highlights of the year for me. I just, to see Kyler in that moment, to see what she brought to the table, and to know that David just couldn't say anything, he couldn't break that bond that he made uh, to Jeremiah, I thought it was just a really powerful scene also. And um, it got, admittingly, it got, it got a little shorter in, in the final edit, but the, the full version is pretty incredible. Uh, that is definitely top three of my favorite moments of the whole season. Uh, so hats off to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, you mentioned that a dynamic, the dynamic between Alex and um, Kara and uh, Jean and Alex. Who's your favorite duo to work with when directing? Is it Kara and Kat, Kara and Wynn, Kara and James, Kara and Alex, Alex and Maxwell, Lord? Uh, what do you got? That's a really good question. Um, well, I'm a teacher, so, you, you know, <laughs> I ask the hard yeah, yeah. questions. <laughs> I think whenever I think whenever you have scenes with Alex and Kara, I think those are the ones where 
to me, the, 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 that pairing is the most electric because the chemistry between the two girls is phenomenal. You know, it's probable, and, and it's to me, it's it's sort of the heart of the entire series, really. Um, and they're 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 so close outside of work as well that you know a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of just bonding with an actor is already there. So when when you have these really emotional scenes or when the content is very heavy, I think those those, those are the moments where like people just stop and they listen, and, and you watch these two girls act, and they're they're just so tuned into each other. Um, they're so tuned into who they are and, and, and the point of views that they're fighting for that. Um, to me, it's sort of the most rewarding pairing of the show. Um, I mean, there's not a bad pairing per se, but I think that's sort of the most um, electric for me. Mm. I mean, there are so many. Watching Jeremy, Jer- watching Jeremy and Grant Gustin too was pretty awesome. Oh <laughs> yeah, they had a gr- they had an amazing chemistry together. Like incredible i actually saw jeremy jordan he he did a show in uh boston uh a couple of years ago right before he got cast so when he got cast i got really excited because that's the closest i've ever been to any of them uh <laughs> so um but he but i've been able to kind of like watch his reign from what he did in he was in finding neverland in boston and then um you know, when he went to this and his range is incredible. And then to watch Grant Gustin on and Glee and be completely different and come and then come to this. And they're just both so incredibly charming and nerdy together. It's it, it was awesome to, to see them. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't on set that day when they filmed that scene. But first time I saw that scene, it was 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 in the cut. And my jaw was on the floor. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing, because there's so many beats, too, that that Jeremy had added that weren't in the script that mm. to me make those scenes. Um, just like him, whether he's like nudging James or just the excitement he has for the multiverse. I mean, all that stuff was just, it was incredible. Um, <laughs> and, and so many of those, just, those were just character beats and those just actors knowing again, what their point of view is and, and what's important to them. And um, to me, like it, just, it was one, again, I've never seen him come alive so much as he did in the crossover episode. Mm. I mean, you're working with some real, I mean, you know, real, real professionals, right? There who really know their characters and really, uh, they can get into the headspace of those characters. So, um, you're lucky to be working with some really talented, really talented guys. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of, of Jeremy, speaking of Win, uh, are you team Win or team James? Ah. <laughs> um, I am team no comment on that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, but there are no losers. <laughs> there are no. Everyone's a winner. Everyone. We all win. The fans win. Um, but is there yeah. is there something you were hoping to you know things you were hoping to include in season one that maybe just didn't make the cut and 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 missed out? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, for me personally, uh. I thought there was a chance that we could introduce Lobo. Um, uh, we had a very vague reference um, yep. in an episode, I think yep. like mid-season. Um, but uh, that never happened. <laughs> that would have been uh, really fun. Because I'm like, who do you get? You get like Joe Manganiello and you make him Lobo? I mean, like, you know, it would have been fun to kind of just ponder who that yeah. would have been. Um, you know, I was, I was excited when we when I sort of read the reference. I was like, you know, we all knew who we were talking about. But uh <laughs> You know, <laughs> it didn't quite happen. Um, but we'll, 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 hopefully we'll get a Space Bounty Hunter. That'd be, that'd be pretty amazing. But, you know, they they just announced a movie. Um, 
few weeks ago, so I have a feeling yeah. they're, they're going to keep it out of the the TV mm. universe. It's sort of what happens. So the main we'll man. See. Speaking yeah. of speaking of characters that dancing around characters, we never we never see a fully realized Superman in the show. But out of curiosity, is there a costume that is designed for the show for him for whenever he's CG or in shadow or you have a stand in? I'm just curious, like, is there something or is it kind of like, here's your leotard and everyone will know it's Superman and we're done? Because I think the closest we get is his boots. <laughs> I have a picture of those boots. Those, those yeah. boots are actually real. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I figured they were. Yeah, of, good. <laughs> they're like a size eleven and a half. Um, <laughs> That's my size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, aside from that, um, from what I understand, like if we if we if we use the fabric, it's the same fabric as her suits. Um, mm-hmm. But I wasn't I wasn't there for the pilot when. Uh, when Glenn shot that silhouette shot that's in every saga cell. Sure, right. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, and I'm not even I'm not even trying to dance around it. Actually, I've never really asked the question. The only thing I've seen in person are the boots. It's okay. Boots are good. All right. I wasn't... <laughs> I Yeah. I, I had no follow-up to that. I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, for us, I think it's important that we, we, we define the show as, as you know, Supergirl's show. show. Yeah. Um, you know, he's obviously part of the world, and we kind of like how he's you know, peripherally there. Um, but it's important to everybody that I think that, that she carries the show no matter what. And, um, you know, even though she shares the, uh, the, the, the glyph on her chest, I think it's, you know, we have to keep it that way. Um, and I think it's definitely the right move. And I think, um, again, we, 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 we keep them alive. Um, you know, we obviously went to the fortress and, uh, we've seen Kellex and, you know, I posted a photo not uh, a few weeks ago, but, you know, we actually had a crypto, um, dog bowl, um, but I just didn't make the cut. We actually filmed it. It just didn't make it in. Oh, that's that's <laughs> cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's the right move. Um, you know, and I, I don't, I don't disagree with the uh, the powers that be um, in that regard. Yeah, I think it speaks volumes actually to the power of the show. My for my own personal. Uh, viewing experience that by the time that we got to the season for, or just about the season finale and every uh, all everything was kind of hitting the fan i had forgotten that maybe calling superman would be a good idea because in my mind that you know Kara would be able to handle it on her own in that you know superman showing up is not necessary because she has proven herself to be so capable through these at, at that point 17 or 18 episodes that it wasn't necessary for him to be there. And so it was almost like a nice, like a little Easter egg, like, Oh, there he is. Oh, there, goodbye now. Um, yeah. But I, um, I think everybody on the show has done such a good job at validating or at validating the show, just like for her to have her own um, and it to be of consequence uh, showing like, okay, we don't need Superman. Goodbye. Go away. You know, um, which yeah. is great. Yeah. I also think I think with, with with Jimmy's existence in our world, I mean, we I think we forget this sometimes, but you know, he's there because he made a promise to to Clark that he'd look after her. Mm-hmm. That's sort of why he's there in the first place. And you know, mm-hmm. I think to me, he's always a constant reminder that Superman does exist in this world. Um, I mean, he's he's Jimmy Olsen, so um, you know, again, I thought it was smarter for them to introduce him as a principal character within the series itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, is this and it takes kind of a whole village to raise a television show. 
but <laughs> is there something that you can definitively call your own on the show that you're you're proud of like this was this is something that I brought and it's there it's on screen and I'm happy it's there um that's interesting I think if you from a directing standpoint I think if you look at what Glenn did with the pilot um and every subsequent director after that um and certainly you know there's, there's a few of us that have done more than one um you know, we, we kind of build off each other, right? I mean, especially on a first-year show, we're, we're, we're finding style, we're finding what works for the show, we're finding kind of shots that we need to tell the story. Um, so I really think part of that is just we're, we're all sort of building off of each other. Um, I know for me, I felt like just with, with the amount of content that we had, um, just every day that we had to shoot, um, it was... You know, we did it. We we used a lot of Steadicam in my stuff, um, and I kind of felt like that's something we kind of added um, more of towards the back end, uh, just to kind of give it more movement, to tie things together more, and it, just to give it more of a flow. Um, and again, I think the the other thing would just be you know in the action sequences towards the back end. Again, we just fought for bigger moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we wanted again, you know, more epic, more comic book moments, and and you know, trying to maintain that, that, that level of scope that we had in the pilot. Um, again, it's always easy in television to kind of lose sight of that just because of the budget, but uh, just to remember it's a superhero show and, and then, you know, you can, you can watch gunplay or, or hand-to-hand on a lot of other shows. Well, you know, what makes our situation different is that if she punches you, you, you go through a wall. <laughs> um, right. You know, or if you, know, if you shoot an alien with bullets, they'll, they'll, they'll spit it out of their palm of their hand. You know, it's like things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just always remind us of, of those things. And, um, again, I think that's something we just fought for because I felt like, um, you know, there was a little bit of a lull, um, in, in, in the middle of the season. I kind of wanted to just sort of build off of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, and as we, as we now move over to the CW, uh, we're, we're excited to see that, you know, heart humor and scope continue. Um, and, uh, you know, even as you, as you change networks, um, any sort of, you know, structural, like in, in show differences that we might, we might notice now that we're making the move to the CW or. Well, yeah. The, the big thing is actually for me is uh, I'm actually not producing next season. Um, I've actually uh, decided not to move up to Canada just for, for family reasons. Um, I'm still going to direct them sense. up there. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I want to miss those guys a lot, but um, you know, I'll, I'll direct um, one of the early episodes. And I'll direct the finale, um, and maybe another one. But uh, that's for me. That's the biggest change is, is is not being able to kind of commit to to move to Canada. It was just it was just too far away, and um, you know, it breaks my heart to do so. But uh, I'll sort of do the freelancing thing now uh, for the next few months until I find sure. uh, another producing job. Um, but uh, I think. You know, they're gonna. I think you'll see that some sets are the same. I think you'll see some new sets. I think um, what you know to be the show that will be pretty much uh, intact. Um, I don't obviously know much now that I've taken myself out of that position. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I think they, they definitely have a game plan and they're definitely moving forward with it. And, uh, I think it was all just a huge relief to know that the show was, was getting picked up and that it was going to continue on the CW, which is a great place for us to be. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's good. I'm glad to know that you're going to be back directing the episodes too. You know, it's, you know, you're saying goodbye, but not, you know, not completely, which is, which is awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, those guys are like family to me, so sure. it's, it's, it was really easy for me just to, to do that. And, you know, Andrew and Allie and, and, and Greg are all really understanding about the, the choice I made for my family, so I, I definitely appreciate them in, the, in that regard. That's great. Of course. It's a show about family, and, you know, you can't, can't be mad about a reason, you know, your reason being family if, you know, that's, that's the whole point of the show, you know. Um, so yeah. la- lastly, we have a very important question for you. Uh, what is your favorite Cat Grant quote of the season? Oh my God! Um, <laughs> no prep. So no prep many. Break. I apologize. <laughs> I think the let's see. I think the Harrison Ford one was too easy. So, <laughs> yeah. but it's a damn good one. I, I, I really love the run that she had with 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 Barry um, when when she names him the Blur. Um, um. Oh, yeah, and, that, I, and I think she made, yeah. made some kind of reference about how it sounds like a like a streaker popping out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that's probably my my favorite one. Um, but honestly, like you guys do a great week every you know great job every week, sort of highlighting them. But you know they they I mean they they, they kill it with her. She's she's so much fun to work with. She's so much fun to to watch. Um, and Calissa just understands her part so well. Um, but I think. That was you know, for me. That was one that on paper read funny, and then in person when she performed it, it was even better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Also, because she herself isn't tuned into that world, so she, I mean, it was a very, a very genuine sort of approach to that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's probably my favorite. That is a good that's choice. awesome. I, Great choice. Acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> very, very acceptable. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Larry. Thank you so much for your time. You know, it's been great. I got to say, it was it was a real honor to to speak with you. But but uh, you know, throughout the season, to get uh, emails from you and and as you were listening to the podcast, we were really honored to know that that you were giving us a listen now and then. So thank you so much for you know giving us that kind of uh, moral support and 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 listening to the show and and for coming on the show. Ultimately, we really really appreciate it. It's it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Anything you want to plug before we go? Nothing you want to plug, but I do want to say you know thank you to you guys and. Um you know, grateful for you guys as fans and, um, you know, your podcast definitely kept me entertained on my drives to, to, to work and to location. So, um, you know, they were, they were, they were definitely long enough to, to last a couple of days. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, no, but you guys are very, very perceptive and you guys are really smart and you guys, you know, made really good observations and, um, you know, it was a good way to kind of gauge, um, how, how an episode tracked, um, at least for me, you know, because they'd be like, "Oh, they got that," or "They didn't get that," or, or whatever it was. You know, so you're always curious to see how things are, are being um, received, and uh, sure. you guys, you know, definitely helped in that regard. So, thank you. Cool. Oh cool. no, our pleasure, our yeah. pleasure. And when you direct an episode, we will love to have you back if you want to come and if you want to come Thanks, and so. talk about episodes you didn't direct. You know, feel free to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You guys actually made some kind of vague reference to an omegahedron before we even appeared on the show, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> oh, yeah, I think. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. that. It, was, it was literally like yep. two weeks before we were going to air the omegahedron episode, and I was like, "Man, <laughs> they're, 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 they're clued in, um, clued in, super again, nerdy, like whatever." Like like, that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when you got to when fans. you do it. You kind of like want you want to watch it with some kind of eye instead of just Frank and I being like we liked it it was good all right end the podcast yeah, good right. job team <laughs> yeah so yeah. 
Um, anyway, listen, it was a fun season. You guys are really, uh, you guys made it even more fun. And thanks for being part of the, you know, the fan base. And again, just keep watching next year. And I'll, I'll be happy to come back anytime. Ah, oh, thanks awesome. a lot, man. Thank thanks you for so making much, a Larry. show that we love. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, All guys. Right. Thanks, Larry. Nice talking to you. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thanks so much to Larry Tang for his time because it really was an honor and a privilege to talk to him. Um, really nice guy and, and couldn't have been sweeter and more generous with his time. So uh, thanks so much to Larry. Yeah. Do you want me to say something again here? No? Okay. <laughs> You're doing such a good job. I don't think you need me anymore. I think you can... I'm just I'm just here to listen on, yeah. on air. Is that yeah. it? Is just, that what you're here for? Just, just here to listen. Oh, all right. People will, people will feel my presence. It's fine. You know, <laughs> what really is that we're recording this while Game of Thrones is on and I'm like itching to run to the television. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but before we wrap things up here, uh, I just want to uh, also thank our, our other sponsor, uh, InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. These guys have been with us for a while now. You know them. You love them. Uh, we love them. Uh, they are a great, great place to get your comics online. Whether it's your your uh, trade your trade paperbacks, your hardcovers, uh, or your your weekly uh, new issues. You know, uh, Rebirth Rebirth is is uh, starting real, real, real soon. Uh, and uh, you're going to want to be on on top of all this stuff as DC you know reboots their universe uh, and Marvel and it, Dark Horse. No, they're not. No, 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 Miss Nomer, I'm going to fight them. They are not rebooting their universe. You take that back. I will not take that back. But anyway, um, that's not they, what they're doing. Okay, um, but uh, as as as, <laughs> come on, <laughs> it's not it's not a reboot. This okay. is a conversation for another okay. time. Okay, okay, toe in the party line. I, I respect that. Uh, yeah. But the point is, you can get great comics at uh, In Stock Trades and DCBService.com. Uh, you know, as Supergirl moves to the CW, um, we've heard there's going to be more uh, openness to more, even more crossovers. And one of the you know seminal works and, and a huge crossover was of course Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, back in uh, in eighty eighty five and eighty six where you had uh, all of the the DC universe all DC continuity coming together and, and getting truly rebooted for the first the first real time um, and uh, in that story you know both the Flash and Supergirl played major major roles Barry and uh, and 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 Kara both play, played major major roles, uh, pivotal roles. I don't, I don't want to really say what in case you haven't read it. It's a it's a classic. You must read it, uh, and you can get it at InStockTrades.com. Uh, the trade is normally thirty bucks. It's a big book. Um, thirty bucks is, is a fair price, but forty five percent off at InStockTrades. Uh, Sixteen dollars and forty nine cents for this classic. This thing that you you must have in your your comic library if you are uh, a fan of DC Comics at all. Christ on mm-hmm. Infinite Earths, sixteen forty nine at InStockTrades.com. Like I said, 45% off for this book. You know, they've got books 20, 30, 40, and upwards uh, percent off. And uh, right, you can also check out your uh, your digital comics if you like to, to get those. I know Tim and I are both big fans of digital comics. Just today I was reading, mm-hmm. catching up on a whole bunch of Superman comics um, uh, on, on Comixology. Uh, and you can still do that. And uh, when, you're, when you're ordering from uh, from Comixology, go through dcbservice.com and go through their portal and you'll get five percent off in all your digital purchases and that'll kind of you know feed the feed the fire of your uh, your your physical uh, comic addiction as well so um it's a great place both sites are awesome we thank them so much in stocktrades.com and dcb as in discount comic book service.com thank you so much for sponsoring supergirl tv talk all right tim well we've had uh we've had a lovely day a lovely chat 
And I think it's time to say goodbye to our friends now. So uh, where can people find us on the Internet? They can find us at all the places you're about to tell them. All right. Yeah, they can find us at SupergirlDVTalk.com, at TV Supergirl on Twitter. Yeah, you can find us uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Satchel, on uh, anywhere, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are found. We will be there, uh, and uh, we will continue to be there throughout the summer. Uh, every few weeks, uh, we'll, we'll be putting out some uh, some new stuff. Uh, we've got that upcoming uh, mailbag episode. Keep sending those emails in. We've got a few more since the last one, so please keep them coming. SupergirlTVTalk at gmail.com if you want to hear your, uh, your email right on the show. Or leave us a review on iTunes and all the other places. Uh, five stars would be much appreciated, and it goes far. Uh, to help us uh, keep the show out there and and uh, and get in front of uh, new new people all the time as as the show moves to the CW. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all from Tim and myself. Thanks, Tim, for joining me again for this this awesome interview. I was happy to listen to you do the intro and the outro <laughs> and some of the interview. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, until next time. Up, up, and away.